It's a funny thing. You, you go to bed at night and everything's clear and you wake up in the morning and then you're like, holy cow, my neighbors probably thought I was crazy. It's, you know, a quarter to seven, snow blowing, but hey, I got to get here to be with you guys. And so I want to talk about joy today. Um, joy is a, is a topic that seems to be talked about a, a lot around Christmas time. We know the unity candle has joy in it and with the different names and different things that go along with that. But I, I want us to talk about joy this morning, but I want you to understand that it's just not Christmas joy. It's just not this time of the season. That in Christ, we can have joy all the time. That in him, we can have joy, you know, 24 hours a day because it's not based off of certain things, but it's based and found in him. Because how many of us know that life is busy? How many of us know life is busy, right? I mean, even, even to get here this morning, it was, it was busy. It was maybe difficult. And, and, and sometimes I think we just need to be reminded in the busyness and of all the things that are happening that there's so much to be joyful for, so much to rejoice over. Sometimes we just need to be reminded that you know, there's joy, and it's available all the time. Uh, and everything may not be perfect. You know, life's not perfect. Life is messy, right? Right? Life is messy. Relationships are messy. Work is messy. Driving in these streets are messy. You know, it's messy. But in, in the imperfection, in the messiness, there are things that we can be joyful every day. You know, we joke about it, but, you know, sometimes we say, you know, it's a good day. I got out of bed today. I'm standing upright. It's a good day. Yeah, it's a great day. It's something to be joyful for, that we have breath, that we have life. And so I, I want to talk about joy today because in the Scripture, we'll discover if we study the Word, if we spend time digging into the, to the truth of the Scripture, we will discover that in spite of, of, of unfulfilled desires and, and unfulfilled dreams, that there's still joy in life. We'll discover that in spite of difficult circumstances, in spite of the ups and downs. We talked about last week about the stages of life, the mountaintop, the valley, and the wilderness, the journey up and the journey down. But in, the, in spite of all those times and circumstances, there's still joy that we can have on a daily basis. In spite of, you know, the conflicts, the disagreements, the arguments, all those things that we go through life with people or groups of people, there's still the ability to have joy in our lives. And it's available at whatever stage that we're living. But I think it's just important that we need to realize that that joy truly is in Christ. Now the Bible says this in Philippians chapter 4. I want to read it to you two different ways today. Uh, the first one is from the New Living Translation. It says, always be full of joy in the Lord. See, there's a connection with joy in God. There's a connection with joy in God. And the scripture says, again, I say rejoice. In the New King James Version, it says rejoice. In other words, feel or show great joy or delight. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. These are like commandments. That These are like encouraging words that were given uh, to us for uh, us to, to understand and to grab a hold of. When I speak of joy, I speak of a strong inner sense of gladness. I speak of, you know, a gladness that's not based on circumstance or situation. It's deep within me. It's deep within my spirit, man. And I say it's not based on circumstance because it's based on Jesus. It's based on the relationship that I have with Jesus. It's based 
on the love of Jesus. It's based on the grace that God has poured upon me. It's based upon his promises that are yes and amen. It's based upon the nearness of God in my life. That's what joy is. It's that inner sense of gladness. It's not based on circumstance. I think a great example at this time of the year that we can talk about how joy shouldn't be based on circumstance. Now, I don't know uh, all the super spiritual people in here, all the mighty men and women of God. I don't know if you've ever watched the 1966 version of The Grinch, the cartoon, right? Anyone ever watched The Grinch? I, was, I, was, I had to reassure that I was, with the information I was giving you was right. So this morning at about 7.15, I was watching a segment of it on YouTube. <laughs> because I wanted to make sure that I get this right. See, because the Grinch went down to Whoville, right? Is that the town in Whoville, right? And it stole all the gifts and all the stuff and, 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 and put it on its sleigh and took it back up to the mountaintop with that dog-slash-homemade reindeer, right? And then the morning came, and, and the Grinch stood on the mountain looking down in the city, waiting for them to be angry, waiting for them to be upset, waiting for them to be just like, oh, Christmas is ruined, only to hear the voices of them singing and dancing and holding hands and celebrating. Because the reality was Christmas, like the Grin said, and the joy of Christmas doesn't come from the store. Our joy that I speak of today doesn't come from outside factors. Because the reality is, in one week, some of you have children, and you will buy them cool toys that need batteries, and the joy will be awesome until that 42D batteries at three 9 volts go dead in a matter of 12 minutes and 22 seconds, and all of a sudden the joy of Johnny or Susie is totally gone because it was based off of that toy and it working. The reality is joy is based off of Jesus and our relationship with Jesus and not what's happening on the outside, whether good, bad, or indifferent. It's, it's founded in him. So when there are good things going on, we rejoice. And when there are things that aren't so good going on, we still have the ability to rejoice and be glad, knowing that the season or the circumstance, that will pass, but I am always connected and grounded and rooted in Jesus. And he's my, he's my source of joy. Because if we try to put our source of joy in anything other than Jesus, we're going to be miserable. We're going to be miserable. We're going to be miserable. Here's here, let's just be honest this morning, since we got a lot of snow. Some of you may have gotten a new car this year, and you bought a car, not a four-wheel drive vehicle. And you've talked about your awesome car and you love how it rides. And, and, and maybe you got the really cool model where it's got like windshield wipers on the lights and, and like everything's voice activated and depends who gets in it. You push a button, everything adjusts to, to where you're at. But you had to come in your husband or your wife's four-wheel drive truck this morning because your car can't get through the snow. So all that joy in the summertime of riding in that car has now dissipated because we live in western New York. So we've based it off of the awesomeness of the vehicle, yet today we woke up this morning and we weren't so joyful saying, well, I can't pull that out of the garage this morning. <laughs> do, you, do you see where I'm going with this? 
But in Jesus, no matter what's going on, we can be joyful because he loves you, because he cares about you, because he wants to be a part of every aspect of your life, because in him there's encouragement, in him there's strength, in him there's healing and wholeness, in him is everything that you and I need for life. Even though in the natural we see things a certain way, we can still be full of joy because it's about Jesus. And I, and I want to read a, a passage here uh, to you this morning about the shepherds in the field. We know the story about the angel coming and talking to the shepherds who are out in the field about the newborn son who was, who was who, the baby being born. Now, think about this. These people are working in the fields. They're dirty, they're smelly, and yet God finds it to be important to go to these individuals and tell them about the birth announcement. Could you imagine that? How joyful are they? Because let's be honest, I'm not a shepherd, but this morning taking my dogs out in the snow, I was not joyful at all. Because I had shorts on and my boots only went up to here and the snow went into my boots. There was no joy. And if I had to stand out there and watch over those dogs, there's no joy. So I don't know how joyful a shepherd is and what goes on in the dead of the heat or the cold of the night. But could you imagine the angel of the Lord coming to you and telling you about the birth of the Son of God and releasing it to you? Talk about joy. And so let me read this to you real quick. It's Luke chapter 2. It says this. It says that the night... That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But, I love that, they're freaked out. They are freaked out and terrified. But the angel of the Lord reassured them, do not be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah of the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find the baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in the manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others and the armies of heaven praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those whom with God is pleased. There's that connection. Peace, joy, connected to God, connected to the baby, connected to Jesus. And when the angels heard, and when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that was about, that has happened, which the Lord told us about. And they hurried to the village, and they found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone about what had happened and what the angel said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept these things to her heart and thought about them. The shepherds went back to the flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. And it was just as the angel told him. And so here we have a bunch of people. I don't know the exact number of shepherds that were told. Um, if we talk about a nativity scene, there's usually one or two, but there could have been 20 or 30. There could have been you know, more or less. We don't know the exact number. But here they are in the field, and could you imagine the overwhelming sensation that came to them 
when first the angel shows up and the, and the host of God's army shows up, and then they go and they see the Son of God sitting there in a manger? Could you imagine the range of emotions? Could you imagine what it was like to, to tell other people about Jesus and how excited they were that they saw the prophecy come to pass? Could you imagine what it was like to walk away praising because they seen a miracle and they saw all this taking place? See, when I think about the, 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 the shepherds, I, I think about us. I think about Jesus and I think about what took place there and how what took place with them can bring joy to us. See, the first thing that I think is really important is that there's joy that comes to us in this relationship with God when we begin to hear God's voice, when we begin to really plug into who he is. See, throughout history, you know, in the, in the beginning, shepherding was a noble profession, but as time went on, it, it wasn't so noble, it wasn't so prestigious. I mean, think about it, David was a shepherd, right? And yet David was a king, and God used him on it. God himself you know, tells us that Jesus is the shepherd, right? But as time went on, the luster and the glamour and the glitz of being a shepherd was not as what it was prior. And yet here they are. Actually, some people thought a shepherd as being a lower class in society. You know, they're, they're out in the field with animals. They smell, they stink. They, they got poop all over them. They have to wrestle the sheep to get them back. And yet God speaks with them. I'd be excited, right? I get excited when God speaks with me. I'm full of joy. I get, I get fired up. And sometimes I have to learn not to tell everyone what God told me because sometimes I jump ahead and I share the word or the, the, what the Lord wants to do or is, is setting up and I, and I share it prematurely. So I have to learn to dial back the excitement, dial back the joy that God showed up where I was and he spent time with me. And he sp- because when God speaks to me, when I hear the voice of God, there's such a joy, there's such a, a happiness that begins to bubble up within me. And yet here these shepherds were, shepherds who were considered ceremonially unclean. They, they weren't able to attend religious services uh, shepherds who were isolated and forgotten a lot of times because they're out in the fields. They're, they're not around a lot of people. They're out on the sides of the mountains and they're always moving, trying to find water and places for their flocks to feed. Shepherds who, who, who would, were looked at and said, oh, you can't trust them. Oh, oh they're, 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 they're really a worthless class of people. Shepherds who were known to be brash and bold and the angel of the Lord shows up to them and speaks with them. And he says, great joy. They're given that birth announcement. The good news, unto us, a Savior is born. Just hearing the scripture, of God speaking through the scripture, brings joy to me. Knowing that my Savior came to fulfill a purpose. I love that. And, 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 and as they hear this word, they're excited. And so they go. And I love it because when we have an encounter with God, just like they had an encounter with God, I know for me there's a joyful feeling in the presence of God. Hearing God's voice brings joy, but being in the presence of God, there's an over sense 
an overwhelming sense of joy and peace that comes upon me. Sometimes in the presence of God, we become so joyful, we begin to laugh. I have, I have, I have, some, non, not, not, I have some non-spirit-filled friends. In other words, they're not charismatic, they're not Pentecostal. And they, they don't understand like when people begin to laugh in the Holy Ghost. They don't understand it. I tell some of them, like, you know, I'm praying for an outpouring. I'm praying that in your church this happens. I'm praying that the Spirit of God moves this way. And we talk about these things. Because, you know, with an encounter with God, sometimes we'll cry, but they're, they're tears of joy because God's healing and restoring. Or we'll laugh because we've been so hurt. We've been so, like, depressed. We've been so in a, in a funk that all of a sudden God's like, you need to have this restored because the joy of the Lord is my strength. And so all of a sudden, in the, in the, with the encounter of God, you know, joy begins to pour out. No, I'm not sure, you know, the ages and the, and the age range or the, the variety of these, these people, these shepherds, but they gathered around the baby. We sing songs about it. You know, you know, when they got there, what was it like? What was it like? Was it a silent night? We know it was a holy moment, right? Was everything calm? Or was it chaotic because they were in a stable? They were in, in a place with other animals. What was, did it, what was it like? But all I know is that in the encounter, their lives were different. They got excited. <laughs> they, they got excited because what happens is the Bible says that the joy of not only hearing what God was saying was settling into them and the joy of encountering the baby, it says that they left there and they were so full of joy and excitement they began to tell other people about Jesus. Do you remember when you first accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior? Do you remember that? How excited were you? Like you went to like your most ungodly family members and your most ungodly friends. Not, maybe not all of you. And you were like, you wouldn't believe what happened last night. I went to church and I accepted Jesus. I'm a Christian now. Remember that? And you were telling everyone how wrong they were. You were. You were telling them how wrong they were, how they're going to burn in hell, and you need to change your way. you got to read your Bible. you got to get saved. And you, because there was something that happened in you. You know what happened in you? You heard the voice of God. You responded to an altar call. After you responded to the altar call, you had an encounter with Jesus. And when the encounter with Jesus happened, things began to change on the inside. All the ugliness and the miserableness that was in me began to come out of me. And all of a sudden, all the, uh, there was a cleaning and a rearranging and a, re, uh, you know, a remodeling within me, and I was excited about it. And so I had to tell someone about it because I wasn't the same person anymore. I didn't change immediately. It was a process. It was a really hard process because I was a pretty worldly person at times, but it was a process. But I got excited and I shared Jesus with people. And now I share Jesus with everybody. I, I'll share Jesus with a squirrel in my, neighbor, in my backyard if I have to. If, Hey, I'll talk about anyone about Jesus. Because I love Jesus. Because I have joy with him. Does it mean I don't, does it mean that I don't, you know, get upset in bad times? No. I get upset. I, I was upset in the third quarter last night, people. <laughs> Pastor, I was upset in the third quarter. I was upset. I wasn't cold, I was upset. Yeah, I get upset. When I woke up this morning, was I upset? Yeah, I was upset. Why? 
because I knew what the road conditions meant for today's services. I was upset. Why? Because I love Sunday mornings. Why? I don't love Sunday mornings so I can come on this platform. I love Sunday mornings because what God does in our lives when we gather together as a church family. That's why I love Sunday mornings. I love to be with our worship team and honor God through singing. I love, you know, believing that someone's life will be changed. I love praying for people. I love, you know, interceding for people. I love love to share the word because there's a joy and I get excited about it. And I love sharing about Jesus and what he did in my life. That's the best testimony, what he did in my life, how he changed me, how he took some really crazy things and fixed them, rewired me a certain way. And so there's joy, not only hearing God, there's joy not only in experiencing his presence in a relationship with him, but there's joy in sharing about Jesus. Sharing about, and then what I love about it, it says that they left glorifying, joyfully glorifying the Lord. The shepherd returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and they had seen and they had experienced. I'm pretty sure that they didn't sleep much that night. I'm sure they didn't sleep much that night. Can I tell you a secret since we're a smaller group here? Can I tell you a secret about me? I don't sleep a lot on Saturday nights because I'm so excited about Sunday mornings. Seriously. It was 2.05 last night, and I was still, oh, 2.05, I was like this in my living room. I was like talking to my dog, what's up? I was like this at 2.05. To the point where I had to physically turn the TV off. Because I'm like, if I don't turn this TV off, because I'm wide awake, it's not making me tired. If I don't turn this TV off, I might just go right through the night and come right to to here. And then it was crazy. No alarm, 5.30. What's up, people? Oh, 5.30, I'm like, oh, Lord, really? Looked out the window, sat back down, tried to go back to sleep, really nodded in and out. Quarter to seven, I'm up. Snow blowing. Got the dogs out. Opened up my, my computer, opened up my Bible, read through my message two or three more times. Not that I don't know what it already says because I prepared to be here, but I was excited to share some of this with you, believing that Today, when you hear God's voice, when you experience the presence of God, that a joy is going to bubble up within you, that you're going to leave here, and when you are around other people, believers or non-believers, you're going to be so excited and so full of joy and rejoicing in what God has done in your life. You're going to tell other people about it, and you're going to worship in an abandonment, you know, worship with all abandonment. You don't care how someone's looking. You don't care how off-tune your voice is. You don't care about any. You just want to worship the King. See, because my joy is based in him. The foundation of my joy is Jesus. It's released in my personal relationship with him. It's connected to his agape love. It's connected to the grace and mercy, like I said earlier. It's connected in my growth with him. My joy is... I believe, is founded in the foundation of who Jesus is, and it's the gift that God gives me. And you see it as a fruit that comes out of me, 
because of the fruit of the Spirit, because the Spirit of God dwells in me. And that joy is available for you. Does that mean that we won't face tribulation? No, we'll face it. But in the middle of tribulation, we won't be miserable. Right? We won't be miserable. I could have got up this morning, kicked my dog. I can't believe it's snowing out, can you? I had this message prepared. I got a word. Lord, who can make it will make it. Those who are watching will watch it. And God, you will still have your morning the way you have prepared for those who were able to be with us this morning. And God, you will do a work in them. Control what we can control. Because it's in him. See? My joy reflects the inner peace and delight that I have in God the Father. It's in him. It's not in the outside things. Yes, they make us happy. At Christmas morning, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be happy. I will. Christmas dinner with my family, I'm going to be happy. But like if dinner gets burned, I'm not going to be angry. And especially if it's something I don't like, I'm going to be rejoicing. We're ordering something out. Right? I'll be rejoicing. Praise Jesus. Because we have all those things, but it's the joy of the Lord that's within me. Write this down real quick, if you've got a pen and paper within your journal. That with joy being an absolute gift from God, and it's a foundation, it's found in Him, we really need the grasp to understanding that it's directly related to that relationship that we have with Him. That's the key is the relationship with him. I want to encourage you to go beyond casual. <laughs> Do you remember, like, so, like, I, 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 I've been married going on almost 30 years. But I remember in the very beginning stages of the relationship with my wife, we grew up together. We're friends. Our families were friends. Um, her sister was my best friend all through high school. We never dated. I got that out there so everyone knows that. As we were just best friends and, and stuff. But in the beginning, I was known as a, as, oh, that's Tommy, Tracy's friend. <laughs> so we started it as friends. That's how I was introduced. Oh, this is Tommy. He, this is Tracy's friend. And then it went from friend to boyfriend. Then it went from boyfriend to fiance. Then it went from fiancé to husband. I want to encourage all of you, no matter where you're at, that our walk with God is not friend-zoned. You hear that with young people. If you spend time with young people, oh, no, I friend-zoned them, meaning it's never going to be more than a friend. They've been friend-zoned. Now, if you have a daughter, they all need to be friend-zoned. They all need to be friend-zoned. See, but with Jesus, we don't want to be friend-zoned. 
We want to be in an intimate relationship with him. We want the far end of that pendulum because it's there we experience the joy in a greater dimension. It's there because our joy is related to that relationship that begins at salvation. It begins when he delivers us from the sin and the consequence of sin because of the fall and because of who we are as people disconnected from him. It's at salvation where the forgiveness of sin begins and the personal relationship begins to be forged and grows deeper from friend zone to intimate relationship. Joy is connected directly to him, and in his word we see it. See, Jeremiah says that your words were found and I ate them. And your word became to me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. See that? See how it's connected right there? And so joy is directly related to our relationship. If there's no joy, let me ask you this morning, how's the relationship? If there's no joy, how's the relationship? Is it friend-zoned and casual, or is it intimate? Because there's a difference. There's a huge difference. See, write this down. True joy will come from the comfort and the delight of God's nearness to us. Peter preaches this in the second chapter of Acts. He, he, says, he, he, he quotes David coming from Psalms. He says, you have made known me the ways of your life. You will make me full of joy with your presence. You see how this is connected? You will make me full of joy, God, with your presence. That tells me that the presence of God in me brings joy. The presence of God away from me does not bring joy. And so that's why we go to the first one about that relationship. And as we delight in him, as we draw near to him, he draws near to us. And his presence brings joy. The nearness of the presence of Jesus will bring joy to our lives. True joy, real godly joy cannot be destroyed by pain or weakness of difficult circumstances. Because what happens is, if we allow the circumstance to be stronger than the presence of God in us, then it will affect us. And that's why with the nearness of God in us, because we're connected in the relationship, when those other things happen, we're not affected in the negative. We, th- we think about them, but we can ask God to help us deal with them and w- walk with us through them. And so true joy comes from the comfort and the delight of God's nearness. My favorite example of joy in the presence of a circumstance or situation is Paul in prison. I've never been to prison, so I don't know what it's like. But here's a man that we hear is in the bottom of the belly of the prison, in the dungeon. I'm sure there's rats there. Has anyone ever been to the New York City subway? Anyone ever been to the New York City subway? I believe that the prisons, a prison that Paul was in is ten times worse than that, smelled worse than that, was wet, dark, and damp. I'm sure it had rats, snakes, and everything else in it. And there he was, chained in a cell. Now, I don't know about you, 
but I'd be pretty miserable. But Paul, because he had this encounter with Jesus, and because he said, I'm all in, and stayed connected to the Father, we find him in the midst of this circumstance praising, praying, and worshiping. God was consuming him. God, there was a nearness. And instead of being upset, instead of complaining, instead of all, he was praying and he was worshiping. And in the middle of what many of us will look at and say, oh my gosh, it's the end of the world, they're doing this and then God shows up. See how that works? Why? Because the joy is based in him. It's based in the nearness and the connection with him as we delight in him. And so I love it because true joy provides strength and motivation to live and to serve God. I get excited to serve God. Listen, is there times that like we have something planned? Is there time? I'll be like, is there times like, you know, Here's what's going to happen. <laughs> Here's what's going to happen. So today we're going to go home, and we're going to pray all day that the snow stops. Because I'm believing we're coming back tonight, and this place is going to be packed. But what's going to happen is you're going to go home today, and your house is going to be warm, and you're going to have some really nice food there, and you're going to like snack on whatever you're snacking on, and your couch is comfortable. Or maybe you've got a lazy boy chair. And it's your chair. The kids know, no, that's dad's chair. That's mom's chair. Don't touch that chair. You got a chair. And you hold the clicker. You control the clicker. The clicker is the remote control. I call it a clicker. Some of you are smirking because you're like, oh my gosh. You're like reading, that's so me. That's so me. So you're going to go home and then you're going to get that fuzzy blanket out that you got from Vera Bradley that's so soft and so warm. And you're going to put that on. You're going to have your Diet Coke or whatever, and you're going to just be clicking. You're going to nod off for an hour. And then it's going to be about 5 o'clock. And you're going to be like, do we really want to go back tonight, Pastor? (laughs) So warm in here and comfy. You're going to go to the curtains or the blinds and be like, it's not snowing, but I know it's cold because nothing's melted yet. Do you see what I'm talking about? See, but because of Jesus in us, it will motivate us to call three friends. Like, hey man, you got to come hear what's happening tonight at church. It's going to motivate us and give us the strength when we don't want to sometimes push through in our flesh, but it's going to, it, it, the, the, the Holy Ghost power supersedes the fleshly power and the fleshly desires, and it motivates us and pushes us to keep moving forward. I think, I think of Nehemiah. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Here he's looking at all the walls tore down. And let's be honest, if you've had a construction project or you've been, you're working on something that just doesn't seem to get done, You can lose motivation, but because the joy of the Lord is your strength, because the joy of the Lord is 
is part of who you are because of that relationship and the nearness of God, it can motivate us and strengthen us to live and serve in any dimension that God's asking us to. That's so important. It's so important for us to understand that. And I wanted to share this with you. This You guys can come up. I wanted to share that with you this morning because I, 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 I think it's important that we understand the, the source of joy. We talk about it a lot at Christmas, but the source of joy isn't, the source of joy isn't the gift that you'll open up Christmas morning. The source of the joy isn't, you know, all the other things that we see in life that we, we sometimes strive to go after. The source of joy is Jesus. The source of peace is Jesus. The source of hope is Jesus. We'll talk more about that tonight. The source of true joy is found in Jesus with a relationship with him. It's with him and in him. And because we draw closer and near to him, he draws closer and near to us. And that true joy in Jesus helps and motivates us and strengthens us to keep moving forward and keep moving forward with a good attitude and keep moving forward with a good attitude. Because we're all there at times, right? Right? I mean, I had a meltdown last night. In my head, I had a meltdown last night in my head. I left an hour and a half early to go to the game. Two hours, really. And I finally got to my seat with eight minutes left in the second quarter. I was a raving lunatic for a few moments in time. And I had to realize, why am I getting upset about this? I have no control of this. This does nothing for my spiritual walk. There's nothing for my family. This is just an entertainment thing that I just want to go watch and come home. You just got to switch the flip and say, this means nothing. Because it's all about Jesus and what he wants and what he's called. So how's your joy? Where are you at with your levels of joy this morning? Stressed out about Christmas next week? Stressed out about the 22 different dinners you have to go to? If you're going to 100 different places, let me encourage you to set boundaries. If you have family, set boundaries. Set boundaries. It's healthy. It's healthy. Especially if you have kids. I've learned that in my own life. My kids would wake up Christmas morning, and then like an hour and a half later, I was dragging them to four other houses during the day. I'm like, and my kids got nothing out of it. I'm like, no, we're setting boundaries. This is how we do Christmas as a family. This is how I spend time with my, I set boundaries. Because if you don't set boundaries, what happens is we, we see what's happening and then joy gets sucked out of us because we're more focused on that, not on who Jesus is in us. How's your joy this morning? Let's stand. I want to pray with you. I pray with you. And just sensing to say this, that you're like, yeah, I'm all over the map. You're growing. You're growing. So today we make a decision that when we feel the, the, that we're going to be all over the map, that we're going to take a moment and step back and say, okay, hang on a second, God. This is not the way it's supposed to be, and I'm not going to allow this to ruin the moment because 
of who you are in me. Relationship, connection. The shepherds heard, the shepherds what and experienced physically in the encounter with the baby. They begin to share because they were so excited about what they heard, what they saw, and they were wanting to let others know. And they gave God glory. We can learn just from those four simple things there. And so, Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I pray for every person in this place that has been struggling with joy. Father, I pray for every person in this place that, Lord, like myself at many times, believe that the circumstance brought the joy. The thing brought the joy. Other things other than you brought the joy. Only to be disappointed when it was no longer there. Only to be disappointed when it was used up. Only to be disappointed. But Father, today we we flip the switch. We flip the way we see things. We make these changes right now. And Father, we realize that true joy is connected and and the foundation is in you. And it's in the relationship that we have with you. That today, God, we will choose. We can't be forced. We can't be manipulated into, but today we choose to come out of the friend zone with you and go deeper and more intimately with you in that type of relationship. That you're not a second thought, that you're not a, well, if I can find time for you or in the busyness of this or that, no, that that we purposely choose daily to spend time with you. In the way that we can have the ability to hear you when you're speaking, the ability to sense your presence when it's being poured over us, that we can give you our attention that you so desire and want from us because God in you is joy in your presence is joy in your word is joy in your promises we find joy and so today God we commit to you we commit to you this day knowing that because of that relationship the fruit that will come is joy A sense of gladness as it is defined. A sense of gladness. A strong inner sense of that gladness that's not based on a circumstance or a situation, but it's based on you, God, and on your love. We choose you this day because you are joy. And we all need more joy in our lives. And like the shepherds, We will leave this place joyful, rejoicing, sharing, glorify, and praising you. Lord, have your way. And we pray for the weather again tonight. That, God, we would have the ability to gather and honor you through song and through scripture. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Why don't you give the Lord a hand clap? So, I'm believing we'll be here, but if for some unknown reason, uh, we will start making, we'll, we'll start putting things on the news and on our webpage, uh, text in church, on the Facebook page, between 2 and 3 p.m. We won't wait till the very end because that's not fair to people. So that's what's going to happen. I'm going to go drive around, call people in different parts of the town. Once things are opened up, I believe we're coming back tonight. But I also don't, I don't want to put anyone in harm's way. Um, and if we don't have tonight, what will happen is we will have tonight's celebration at our Christmas Eve morning service, which is Saturday at 10 o'clock. That's a normal service we're having. We have it every year. We would just have that celebration service then, just so everybody knows. So if it's not tonight, it's next Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Uh, but you'll know between that 2 and 3 p.m. Uh, I'm believing I'm going to get in the car like the town supervisor and drive around and see how the roads are and make that decision. Um, again, it's, it's based on safety. I, I, I never want to have a family be put in harm, um, uh, especially in, in this bad weather. And so uh, that, that's that. Um, your tithe offerings, you can still sign up for. There, you can pick up your tithe envelopes on the way out. And just a quick reminder that in January, starting the 9th, we're going to start our 21 days of prayer and fasting for the new year, uh, believing for God to give us a word as a church, but also individually, that we can you know, link arms together and plow forward in doing what God wants to do. And so let's t receive our offering today. Once again, thanks for being here. Thanks for watching online this morning. And uh, I uh, hope to see everybody tonight, 6.30. It's going to be a great night. Uh, it's going to be really, really, really good. They, they put a lot of time and effort into preparing for us uh, with a lot of special music and video things. So, Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your word on joy. I thank you that, God, you are at the center of all the joy that we need for life. And so, Lord, take this word. Let it settle into our spirit, man. Let it be brought back to remembrance to encourage us, to challenge us. Let us grab a hold of it this day, Father. And now even as we leave, Lord, I, I acknowledge you uh, as the provision uh, giver in our lives, in this ministry, and all that we do, God. You are the main provider of everything that we have. And Father, we thank you for that. And we worship you uh, as we leave this place by giving of our tithes and offerings. I pray a blessing upon them, Father, that we can continue to build the kingdom of God uh, here on earth. In your holy and precious name I pray, amen and amen, amen. God bless you. Drive safe. And I hope to see everybody tonight. If you need prayer, we'll be up here. If not, uh, we'll see you later.